The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to What You Missed This Week. I'm Joe Weisenthal. This is the podcast that has the best and most interesting interviews from the Daily Market Close Show that I co-anchor with Scarlett Fu, Caroline Hyde, and Romaine Boston on Bloomberg TV. It's called What You Miss. Our aim is to take you beyond the headlines and bring you unique perspectives on the week's top stories and, well, those that you may have just missed. It's the perfect way to kick off your weekend. This week, we'll hear from Caroline's interview with 3M Chief Executive Michael Roman as part of our CEO Spotlight series. The Minnesota-based manufacturer that makes everything from post-it notes to touchscreen displays is not shying away from big acquisitions. Roman hinted at new deals to come. Despite the company's difficult year that included struggling with a slowdown in the auto market, headwinds in China, and a volatile trade environment. But we do see an opportunity in our portfolio to make acquisitions that can complement that. We use the same rigor, those fundamental strengths. We look at acquisitions that we can leverage our synergies. We're adding together an acquired company in 3M, integrating them. You get greater than the sum of the parts. And we've been stepping up into little bigger acquisitions. Caroline started by talking about the diverse portfolio that Roman manages and asked the CEO how he sees 3M as a business. It really, you've, you've painted a broad picture of 3M. We are many markets, broad portfolio. In fact, to many people outside, we look like a diversified conglomerate. And mm-hmm. I would say what we do starts with, at the foundation, what we call our value model. And our value model has in it aspirational vision for our people. And it, it's helping our customers, advancing every company, enhancing every home, improving every life. And we do that with the fundamental strengths of 3M. It's our technology and how we can apply that to solve customer problems, multiple technologies, deep intellectual property, and we manufacture what we sell. And we have a lot of technology in manufacturing, about a third of our intellectual property. So those two fundamental strengths, they're really synergies that support all of that enterprise. We started, you know, 100 years ago, our marketing was find the largest smokestacks and solve problems for customers. And we got more sophisticated over time. We, we really developed uh, opportunities to apply technology into electronics, into consumer applications, into healthcare. And so we find attractive markets, customers that have needs, uh, places where our innovation can make a difference, and we apply it. And it takes us into many markets, but it's still rooted in those, those same synergies. So it's, uh, it's been great building an enterprise and an impact on customers and value for our stakeholders more broadly. Now it's leadership is really about how do you make that relevant as, as we move forward. Um, a diversified conglomerate is sort of how you say some view you. Is that the model that should be kept? Is that the model that you want to be perceived as? Because it feels as though the rest of the conglomerates are all hiving parts off of themselves. But you think the synergies are actually what makes you different? At the heart of what we do, we are a science-based company. We innovate leveraging our proprietary unique technologies and applications to solve customer problems. It takes us into many markets, but it's at the heart of it is, is one 3M model. And I, that's the way I'd like people to think of us. And that has a 
value proposition. Our promise to customers is to advance them. Our promise to shareholders is we will outgrow the macro over time. We will deliver premium margins. Companies that are innovative deliver value and premium margins. And we manufacture, so we deliver premium returns on invested capital. So that is well rooted in that value model and does take us to many markets. If you pull those apart, they lose the synergies. The value we bring in healthcare really leverages those strong fundamental strengths. Absent 3M, they lose that value. They lose the connectivity to the technology. We take technologies from industrial into electronics, into healthcare, innovate on those technologies, bring it back into industrial. We find very great strengths from that in, in what we can do in, in terms of new value and new opportunities and new uh, customer solutions. You sort of paint a picture of lacking silos in a way, being able to communicate across one part, the engineering, going into healthcare, going into the automotive, the various parts of the business. How do you do that from a cultural perspective? How do you ensure that the scientists who are working within one area can see the application of the science that they're doing, the innovation they're doing, and can be leveraged across the rest of the business? Well, our innovation is based on our people and culture. And it's a culture that's built up over a long time, an entrepreneurial culture, but also a very collaborative culture, especially around thinking about entrepreneurial approaches to customer challenges. Our technology is owned by the enterprise. Mm. It's protected by the 8,000 scientists that are part of 3M. They, they feel they own it. 8,000 scientists. 8,000 scientists worldwide. And they, they feel that's their responsibility to make sure that we really collaborate broadly across the enterprise. We have a tech forum which they really engage regularly and frequently around new directions for us and, and really making sure we're getting the most out of our technology platforms. We have 51 technology platforms. We have our own periodic table that, <laughs> that we like to uh, build upon and that's how they look at it. This is our periodic table. We want to leverage this broadly and it enables us to start entrepreneurial projects at a small scale mm. and find their way to solutions across many markets. You take an example, um, a technology platform we've had for decades now, micro-replication. Started off in overhead projectors. It I was, remember them back at school. Yeah, there's not many of them left. There's, <laughs> you open some closets, you'll find a few. But it started off, there was a plastic lens that was made out of fine structures, little pyramids, and it helped provide more uniform light for overhead projectors. You move forward a decade or so, we had entrepreneurs that said, hey, we can make those structures much smaller, nanoscale, and we can do it on a wide web and make it very fast and high quality. We can actually provide films for the LCD display industry as it started to grow up in the 90s and into the aughts, and it enabled brighter, more uniform displays on televisions and mobile devices. Later, we were able to take it one step further and go into other marketplaces. Uh, one example is precision-engineered abrasives, making very fine, very precise, very predictable abrasives performance for areas like semiconductor wafer fabrication. So mm -hmm. it's a technology platform that has entrepreneurial leadership at the start, 15% time as we like to think about it, permission to go do things that you care about, but it's more 15% time along the way, taking it into new areas. And so we build, and that becomes an element, one of those 51 elements in our periodic table. And, and for me, it's, my focus is how do I make sure we're prioritizing when we get to scale the broad use of those technologies? How do we make sure we're thinking in our portfolio, where can we best 
deploy our capital to make sure we are having the biggest impact possible. So just go back to that 15% point. So how, how long have you been able to bring people on and say, that 15% of your time is yours. You can develop what you want because I feel that that's something that Google crowed about when they yeah. were offering people time to be entrepreneurial in and of themselves. But what, you've been doing this all along? More than 50 years. It's been wow. part of the culture and a spoken part of the culture, but more importantly, we live it. It's permission to our employees to take part of their time and work on something they care about. Use 3M resources. And we have benefited greatly. Many of our most iconic products have come out of that. Post-it notes is a famous story, came out of 15% time. Really? You know, the micro-replication is one of those examples. We have non-woven technologies that are leading edge of science that are used in many applications from air quality to respiratory protection for personal protection to advanced wound care mm. technology. So it's, there are, entrepreneurial approaches in that 15% time that have built entire businesses for 3M. How are you therefore still managing to lure the right talent? Obviously offering them 15% of their work time to be dedicated in an entrepreneurial spirit helps, but the, I feel the competition for the right person, a diverse workforce that can work within STEM is getting harder and harder when you've got so much competition mm -hmm. and price point competition. How do you do it and how do you look at that geographically as well? I would say today every CEO worries about competing for top talent, being attracting top talent. And, and we have long recognized that nothing we do in our value model, in that entrepreneurial culture goes forward without top talent. If we can't attract the best and brightest engineers, scientists, business people, all walks of life to 3M, we will not be successful in moving forward. So it, it starts with making it a priority. And mm -hmm. for us, that value model that I talked about, there are four priority areas that I lead as a CEO that are designed and, and our focus for making it relevant in the future. We have to manage our portfolio, make sure that we are prioritizing organically and even for acquisitions where we can take advantage of 3M fundamental strengths. It's about transforming our company. Another thing every CEO worries about is digitizing your enterprise. And, mm. and how do you keep yourself relevant and remain competitive and lead where you can through that? For us, it's about innovation. What do we do to keep it vibrant, keep that technology platform moving forward? And the fourth priority, which I put a big emphasis on since I've come into the role, is people and culture. And we've always had, as you've highlighted, really great aspects of our culture. 15% time attracts people to 3M, but you don't keep it going forward if you don't advance it. And so one of the things that we think about is how do we make 3M more inclusive, more attractive to all of the talent around the world? We're a global enterprise. Yeah. You know, half of our employees are outside of the US. And how do we win in every market? And we start with a great brand. We start with a culture that's attractive but you've got to think about how do you help people be their best? They want to, you want them to see that their future is part of 3M and that they can not only come in and enjoy 15% time, but opportunities and a place where they can, they can find the, the future of how they want to work. And so that's, it's a, a broad focus for us. We have, uh, we activate our culture aspirations, we think about it, and we do focus a lot about attracting a broad, diverse set of talent. So in, back to your focus on even STEM, how do we do in diversity? We actually are doing better than 
the demographics would say we should do in, in diverse in How diverse do you think you achieve that? Well, it's, a big part of it is you have to you have to build on a strength. We have that strength, and then you have to you have to connect with people. You mm -hmm. have to make the three M brand relevant where those talent where that talent is. And so we invest actually quite a bit, especially in areas like STEM, which is so vital to our innovation model, that we go and make sure we are promoting the 3M brand, that we're helping people understand the culture they'll come to, and that we you know, make sure we aren't leaving anything on the table, that they understand. And, and they found that attractive. Uh, a couple of years ago, millennials voted us one of the top places to come to because science is cool and 3M was out there and people got to understand it. And so so we can going build into universities, we're going into schools, how are you promoting the brand? Uh, and social media, there's, there's very broad, as you know, mm. there's a broad range of communication that you have to have. But it, it does start with going into schools, making sure you're focused on making the brand well-known and understood and building on the strengths that we've had uh, that have gotten us to this point. What parts of the brand, what parts of your offering do you think chime most with those millennials who are excited to come to work with you or the Gen Z who are now looking for opportunities? Well, we certainly saw a, a boost when we introduced our brand promise, Science Applied to Life. And we did that more than six years ago now. Mm. And, and there, that resonates with the next generation of STEM candidates for sure. They are they are excited about science. They find science cool. They see that as as something that is even, I think, deeper than the thought of being part of an innovative company as a science-based company is, mm -hmm. is very powerful. So that, that is certainly part of it. I think the culture we have and how we collaborate and how we work and the global nature of our business and that diversification of markets and products, while it it means we have to operate multiple go-to-market models. It's attractive to people coming to the company. That And when I came to the company, one of the things I found was I was excited about the chance to be able to work across different businesses. Mm. As a, I came in in R&D, to have a chance to lead a business someday and maybe an international business, those were really attractive features. And we, we leveraged that as part of that 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 recruiting as well. Talk to us about R&D and the focus that 3M seems to have, certainly from just the sheer quantity of funding that you give towards it as part of your revenue, a proportion mm -hmm. of your revenue compared to competitors. It's, it's significant. Mm -hmm. How do you prioritize R&D, the organic growth of the business, mm -hmm. versus now what we're starting to see is a bit more inorganic growth, the fact that you did a $6 billion acquisition. I mean, $6 billion doesn't sound that big for a $90 billion market valuation, but it's actually your biggest acquisition yeah, ever. Yeah. How are you marrying that with the culture of the business? Yeah. Well, when you look at capital allocation, a responsibility I have to how do we prioritize capital allocation? The first priority for us is organic growth. So that R&D and the capital investment that goes with it, we're investing in you know, trade secret technology in our manufacturing. It's a very important part of that organic investment. So we invest about 11% to sales wow. as a priority there. Um, almost 6% in R&D and a little over 5% in our capital expenditures. And, and that is first and foremost the way we create value. And that gets back to the promise I talked about. And it shows up in delivering you know, differentiated value for our customers, but it, it delivers premium margins and, and returns on invested capital. So it's a great first priority. It's not getting harder? Uh, we are at a larger scale than ever before, 
but we see more opportunities than mm. ever before. Even in markets that we're part of for a long time, automotive, uh, challenged market this year, mm. uh, build rates of automobiles are down, but the innovation going on in the automotive industry is incredible. You know, electrification, uh, more electronics on the automobile than ever before. These are tremendous opportunities for us to find new areas to penetrate. We're not limited to one product category on, a, on an automobile. We're in material science broadly. We can help with assembly methods. We can help with acoustic management. We can help with displays. We mm. can help with uh, we can help with thermal management, their light weighting. There's many things that we can do with our innovation. So it's an exciting space. Even as the build rates are challenged, it's still a, a growth opportunity for us. So, so we see tremendous market potential with that. Now, organically, it's first priority. It's where most of our value that we create uh, in, the, in the returns for shareholders comes from. But we do see an opportunity in our portfolio to make acquisitions that can complement that. We use the same rigor those fundamental strengths. We look at acquisitions that we can leverage our synergies. We're adding together an acquired company in 3M, integrating them, you get greater than the sum of the parts. So our most recent acquisition, Acelity uh, KCI, it's a advanced wound care business. This has been a priority for us organically. Mm -hmm. We're excited about what we can bring to the table. Acelity is a leader in negative pressure wound therapy and, and we see tremendous opportunity to leverage those synergies with those two with, with Acelity and 3M combined. So it's a, it's a very disciplined process, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we also look at our portfolio and we think about which parts don't leverage the synergies so well anymore. And, and we have made divestitures where it makes sense. So that portfolio priority, very important for me, how I think about leading change in the company is managing our portfolio first organic, but then thinking about acquisitions, also thinking about how to optimize the portfolio we have. Do you think that's a difference you've brought? Do you think this is a, a change for 3M in terms of looking at the portfolio more rigorously from a capital allocation perspective? It was actually a strategy that was started under my predecessor, and, mm. and I, he named me the strategic planner of the company. <laughs> and so I was at the, at the beginning of that, helping to really think about how do we make it true to 3M? Every you know, every CEO is managing their portfolio of businesses, thinking about how to maximize value that they get from where they are and where they're going. We are doing the same thing. We just had to think bigger about it, uh, more disciplined, organically, make sure we're prioritizing investments where we can create the greatest value, but then applying it to acquisitions and even a little larger. As you said, six, $6.7 billion is not extraordinary for a company of our scale, but for us it's the largest we've ever made, and we've been stepping up into little bigger acquisitions all the while using that, that portfolio strategy to make a difference. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Then Caroline turned to the macro environment that 3M is navigating. Roman has been in the top job for about a year now, and it's been a challenging one. Caroline asked Roman how he thought the company had weathered those obstacles and if the environment would improve in the year ahead. Yeah, the, the macroeconomic environment for us, and maybe more specifically, 
key end markets for us uh, really changed as we came into the year. We knew we were seeing some slowing in areas like China, automotive markets, the electronics markets. But as we got through first quarter, it really, it really declined more rapidly. And so we saw a big impact in first quarter. We, we had to react quickly to it. Uh, it's one of the strengths. We have a lot of confidence that we can manage the, the ups and downs in the business cycle and in key markets. We, we tend to see slowdowns, like we're talking about here, early. In the nature of our business, the broad uh, exposure we have, uh, the focus we have on working with distribution partners, we see everybody adjust to slowdowns pretty quickly. We saw that in automotive. Mm-hmm. Automotive was down you know, mid-single digits in the first quarter, and everybody was taking inventory out, so it looked like double-digit declines in automotive in, in the first quarter. We, we know how to deal with that. We adjust our manufacturing operations. I took decisions uh, coming out of first quarter to really aggressively go after realigning our production plans for the year. This was not going to be a one-quarter phenomenon. This was something that was going to be persistent as we How did you know that? You could see it in the value chains of our customers. There just wasn't the demand that was going to quickly turn around those markets. Um, China is a little broader, but it was also impacted greatly by automotive and electronics. They're leaders in those areas. Mm. Automobile industry in China has it's almost a third of the global build rate and, and the fastest driver of growth in the last few years. So when you see that turn around, you know it's going to have a longer, a longer impact. So we, we took steps, and we know how to do this. We've led into slowdowns, you know, 2008 and 9, uh, the oil and gas slowdown. We saw those early, and we, we know how to adjust. It takes us about a cycle, about 90 days of our of our supply chain to adjust our supply chain. And we aggressively took out costs. We realigned our production plans, got on track with it. We took out costs broadly. We, we brought down our costs in line with the, the growth that we saw. And we work hard to adjust inventory in the supply chain. And, and ultimately what you see is as we move through those challenges, we deliver strong cash flow. We're a strong performer. While we might not have the growth that we were planning for at the beginning of the year, we are delivering strong cash flow. And we saw that second quarter and now third quarter. And we're well positioned as we look forward. When those markets recover, we will lead out. We have mm. a history because we stay invested in, in what we do for the future for those customers. We don't back off of that innovation model. When we see the markets recover, we're there. We, we very often take share in slowdowns and are well positioned to grow rapidly and, and get even stronger leverage with, uh, with the alignment that we have to the slower markets. How hard is that to that story to tell to your stakeholders at a time when you said growth suddenly wasn't what you th- mm-hmm. thought it was going to be? You're having to reduce back your forecast for the year and that's taking investors by surprise and I'm sure employees by surprise. How hard is that for you to get the message across that, like, Calling growth is a difficult thing. Yeah, the first 90 days is pretty tough. So back, going back to April, it was a bit of a challenge. Everybody was, what's wrong? And, and we were over-indexed versus other multi-industrials to automotive, electronics, and China. China's a, a very attractive growth market for us. In fact, it's kind of interesting. Those three markets are long-term attractive growth drivers yeah. for us. So we we have a big presence there today and we see them as helping us grow uh, long term as well great places for our innovation so that first 90 days was difficult we we had to remind people the strength of the 3m model we had to just stay confident that we are taking the steps showing them you know very transparent we are taking steps in our 
production, we're taking steps in our costs, you will see this come through, and, and they did. And now it's, I, I think we start to build some credibility back. But the first 90 days, there's a question, you know, is this different? And why, why is 3M seeing this in such a you know, big way? And it's really 30% of our revenue was exposed to those three markets. So it's, it's difficult when 30% of your revenues in mid-single digits decline mm. to offset that, even when the other 70% is growing. Because consumer healthcare continuing to do well, did you find, you worried about your own credibility? You talk about credibility. Do you feel that you've won that back now? Uh, we've made a couple of good steps. I, I, I recognize I'm a little over a year into the role, and and building credibility is very important coming out of that kind of situation. And and I so I think we've done well. I, I, I highlight the strong operational performance, and I and I highlight the focus that our teams have. So it's it's my leadership certainly in the spotlight, but it's us as a company in that value model. And I think we're, we're building the credibility. I'm confident we'll continue to do that. And, and as I said, we're well positioned. So we, we know we are in a good place to continue that and continue to execute. And, and, and I, a few more data points will be helpful. Some difficult decisions, of course, have been that you're restructuring, you're repositioning, and that means losing headcount, 2,000. That must be very hard when you've been in a business for so long, how to make those sorts of tough calls. How have you found that in terms of a learning experience? Well, it's part of what we know how to do. It's never easy when you're when you're eliminating jobs as part of getting in line with a market dynamic like this. That's never easy to do. We were able to leverage voluntary separation uh, for a vast majority of the U.S. impacted employees, in particular, uh, globally as well, and that was that was helpful. That that kept people, you know, the employees said, okay, this is a good way to do it. We need to do that. I think uh, the employees were very quickly rallying around, we have to do this. That's one of the great strengths of 3M is we see this and we create a sense of urgency just organically in the company around this. So you take the decisions as a CEO. I take decisions to realign production, to take the responsibility that we aren't going to see a snapback necessarily. We've got to we got to step into this. That we're going to take costs out, and then everybody gets on board. And there's a great sense of urgency. It was extremely well managed, and we take advantage of other things we're doing. The digitization of 3M, uh, our business transformation. We're able to leverage that as well. So people in the company see it not just as a restructuring, elimination of jobs. It's a step forward to where we need to go as well. So, and you you deliver strong performance, people feel even better about it. Okay, it was worth it. We're making progress. We're stepping into it. So it's not everything our shareholders would like at this point. They'd like to see much stronger growth. They'd like to see greater leverage into the margins. But we're executing well and, and taking control of what we can control in the near term and, and delivering strong cash flow. How do you see your leadership in general? How would you summarize it? Is it different, distinct from your predecessor? Where do you think you've, you've grown? Well, leaders are very often defined by the circumstances yes. they face. I would say, with that in mind, I've been very much a change leader as I've come in. And we, we have had very strong performance. We had good momentum you know, over a number of years. And you'd, you can step back and say, well, let's just keep it going. And the reality is you have to lead change in this world. The, the market dynamics, technology, the world of business is changing dramatically. So things like business transformation, deploying new capabilities, technology, 
digitalizing the end-to-end -end, uh, business model in 3M. We have to continue to move that forward. I have to lead that change. And that isn't exactly what was in our minds when we started that journey. It's mm -hmm. different today. We have to help move innovation forward, make it more relevant. And, and that means making investments in areas that are new capabilities that we can build. So we don't just look at applying the 51 technology platforms, but how do we build new technology platforms? You have to lead change there as well. You have to lead change looking at your portfolio, make the acquisitions that will leverage those, those strong fundamental strengths, the synergies of 3M. And people and culture, you know, back to that, that is all about change. It's, we, we talk about advancing our culture, enabling our people to be their best. You have to activate the aspirational elements of what you do there. And, and we have very focused 3M resonating elements of that customer at our core, powered by inclusion, boldly innovating, uh, winning with agility, and underlying unwavering integrity. Those are the, the aspirations and we build on. So that's change that you lead as well. So I, I actually think that's the way I would characterize it today and coming from a deep understanding of the values of 3M and what the strengths are so that I, I try to bring those together, lead us in a way that takes us to you know, the, our, our full potential in the model and, and helps us lead through the, the changes that we face. And the changes that we face are not only coming from pressures of stakeholders, including investors and employees, but also the world around us. And how are you as a, a science, but inherently an industrial producer, manufacturer, dealing with the focus on climate change? It's interesting that, you know, from a government perspective, the winds change on this. But from a corporate perspective, it feels everyone is now very much leaning into how can I be more efficient? How can I be a, a good steward in terms of the environment which I leave for my future generations. How are you looking at that as a it's, business? It's another strength that I can draw on in 3M. We have deep value around sustainability. We've long been a leader in sustainability. For 40 years, we've led the way in pollution prevention pays. We're a manufacturer. So how do we impact the environment? We eliminate pollution at its source. And we continue to be a strong environmental steward in how we operate our company. Sustainability goes deeper than that. It's not just operations. It, it has come into our innovation. Our scientists, they don't see innovation as really innovative without sustainability at, at the core. And so from a grassroots perspective, we've been building sustainable solutions into our products, not just for us and how we uh, manufacture, but how our customers use it. So, like what? Well, so in our manufacturing operations, since 2002, we've reduced the greenhouse gas emissions that, that we have in our operations around the world by 60%. Hmm. We've helped reduce our customers' greenhouse gas emissions by over 15 million tons with our product applications, enabling them to do things differently, reducing weight, uh, improving uh, energy efficiency, we are in areas like renewable energy, which is exciting for our, our people and our, and our company, but we do it in many other ways. We help people in their homes, uh, more efficient homes. We help people in their businesses and their manufacturing to be more efficient. We help improve areas like air quality. So it, it really makes a difference in our innovation to have an impact. And it has <clears throat> become really a another area where we've set aspirational goals at a company. So we have three big aspirational goals in sustainability. The first is science for circular. 
It's about how can we contribute to a circular, more efficient circular economy, dematerialize the world, if, if you will. Mm. For a material science company, that's pretty audacious. Yeah, think about get rid of packaging <laughs> when I'm a right. package maker. Well, that's, and, but that is a, a place, innovation will create value. And we will, we've had a long track record of proving that we can build successful businesses with that in mind. The second one is science for climate, which is climate and environment. How do we reduce our environmental footprint as a manufacturer, as a global company? Aspirationally, where can we go next? What do we do in, in landfill waste or air or water? How can we be a better steward of, of the environment? And then finally, science for community, thinking about the, the licenses we have to operate from the communities we're part of is an important piece of it. It's also about encouraging STEM. Mm. It's, it's so critical to our future that we have STEM talent excited about joining the business world. And, and so encouraging that, uh, long been something we do locally. What can we do to take a bigger role? We, we named a science ambassador in her role. She's one of our top technical, uh, technical scale scientists, corporate scientists. She's out promoting STEM globally and, mm. and being an ambassador for 3M and science in general. So those are, those are aspirational goals. It's important for us to step forward. Uh, we've been a manufacturer for a long time. Uh, we, we do put waste in landfills. We have 30% of our factories are zero landfill. We want to get that to all of our factories over time. And so there's more to do. We've made good progress. There's more to do. And Mike, you are a legacy business, and it is a big business. It is an old business, and it, you therefore inherit di inherit difficulties of the past of old making, such as at the moment there's cause for concern about contamination mm -hmm. of water. This is alleged right. that we know. But how are you dealing with focusing, aligning the fact that you are so focused on stewardship of the environment when perhaps decisions made decades ago are now impacting your culture and your reputation when it comes to your stewardship of the environment. Yeah, and, and environmental stewardship at the heart of what we do, sustainability, core to our culture, but we have more that we can do. And an example is, as you're talking about, we have legacy chemistries. We exited more than 15 years ago, but they're in the environment, and we need to lead the, with the same set of values that I've been talking about. We, and, and that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're taking and, and working to advance with our technology, what we can do in the area of environmental stewardship. So in this case, what we've done, the first step, where we were the sole responsible you know, company around this legacy chemistry, where we manufactured and disposed of it, we're taking responsibility for that, working with the communities. We've set aside the, the investment we need to make to work with them, to remediate, to resolve this, and we're leading in with, with those values. We're, a science-based companies, and we're, we're working to lead with our science as well, helping the understanding of these legacy chemistries, where they're in the environment, what can we do, how do we think about that, how should, uh, how should people in their communities think about it. We understand uh, people want to have confidence in their drinking water. We want to lead in with those values and, and make a difference. And that's, it's a complicated situation. Uh, we have our best people working on it, and we will lead with those values as we move ahead. And I, it's a, you know, it's a, it's something as a longtime 3Mer, as a CEO, it's near and dear to me that we do this the right way. What, are, what else do you want to do the right way now? Where, where are you optimistic about the business going as now leader in 3M? What excites you the most as we head in towards 2020? Well, I'm excited about 
leading into that change, the opportunities that we see. So we're a $30 billion plus revenue material science largely company. New technologies that can add to what we do is exciting for us. As our engineers get excited about that. Our scientists get excited about that. Our, our marketers, our salespeople, they all get excited about the new things that we can do. The markets around us, because we aren't limited to a category in a market that we can solve customer problems in any attractive market space, you see many attractive markets. Any place innovation is disrupting a market, there's a big opportunity for 3M. And we are even stepping into some digital solutions as well, complementing what we can do with materials, organically building out, not necessarily through acquisition, but organically finding new ways to solve customer needs. So it's, it's a pretty exciting world. It's you know, greater change than ever before in many of the markets that we're part of today and new markets forming. You know, biotechnology, exciting space for many companies. We see opportunities for 3M in the solutions that we can bring. So I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about our opportunities to grow the company. I'm excited about our opportunity to really continue to create differentiated value for our customers. And I, I see us just building on the things that, the fundamental strengths, the model that we have that makes us a unique company. And that's it for What You Missed This Week. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe and rate us at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can catch our show every weekday from 3.30 to 5 p.m. on Bloomberg TV and from 4 to 5 p.m. on Twitter. Thanks for listening and have a great week. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.